Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes, Jackson, I'm fired up, brother. Woo! I'm fired up, brother. You're excited about what the Mavericks did to the Suns, but I'm here to talk about the St. Louis Blues advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. How do you do? Chris Kerber was on yesterday for our Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report, and uh, he was saying, you know, we'd all love for it to be something like what happened in Game 7 against the Stars in 2016, not the Patty Maroon game, but back in uh, in 2016 when the Blues had a Game 7 in Dallas, not in St. Louis, and they blew him off the ice, and everybody's like, wow, didn't see that coming. But he thought Minnesota might come out as a different team, and uh, they did attempt to try with Cam Talbot and Nett. And when it all got down to it, perhaps that move burned him because it was a questionable goal at the outset from Nick Letty that opened the floodgates and set up that dominating second period by the Blues that leads to the win against the Wild. They beat Minnesota in six games on this show today, even though... I'm sitting across from Mr. Hockey. We're going to double your pleasure with Hockey Insight. Not only are you going to get Jackson's Insight, you're going to get Jeremy Rutherford's. He's going to be in studio here starting in the next segment. How do you do? I got a few thoughts on this. I got a few thoughts on this. All right, number one, I was wrong. It's important to say that. Now, it's not from the Sports Talk Radio playbook. But what is this show called? Honesty in the media. It is. It's also called Hot Love and Little Piddles. Yeah. It's all called Tim and Boy. More on sports. More on sports. Right. It's a variety of things. A lot of DBs. But after they lost last Friday, a week ago tonight, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this isn't going to work out. And I'm thinking, and I go on the air on Monday, and they're down three to one, people are going to be pissed. But the Blues lost, you know, two-thirds of their... De- Defenseman, what's going to happen? There's nothing you can do about it. You can be mad, but there's nothing you can do about it. And to Craig Berube's credit, with the strategic changes, to Jordan Bennington's credit with the way he has performed, to the Blues' credit, Ryan O'Reilly in particular, Cairo got things going on Sunday, uh, Nick Letty and what he was able to do. Uh, we'll talk about that because uh, Jr. had a great tweet on uh, on that and uh, in his article this morning. If you haven't read it on the Athletic, ten reasons the Blues beat the Wild um, to the entire team, the entire organization, because that Letty trade wound up being incredibly important uh, to the fan base that absolutely set that place on its side last night. Uh, this was an absolutely, from my standpoint, shocking turnaround in the series. The Blues winning the series in six at the outset isn't something that would have shocked me. But considering what transpired with the team's health, Letty game one, Bortuzzo game two, uh, Krug game three, Scandella's out there for a minute and a half in game four, and they are able to win, but not only win, win in three straight. That is stunning. 
stunning. And if you're in Minnesota, it's got to be heartbreaking and gut-wrenching because that's a 113-point te- team that is vanquished when it looked like they were in a position to close this thing out essentially by winning against a decimated Blues team on Sunday afternoon and then head back to Minnesota with a chance to wrap it up in five and rest against Colorado, and they missed that opportunity, and they never responded. Another thing about this series, from my standpoint, there were two periods that defined the series. Now, you have the entire game four. You have the entire game four and what the Blues were able to do there. But keep in mind, although it's over now, on Tuesday night, uh, we go into the third period, Jackson, of a 2-2 game. And what happened? The Blues outscore them 3-0, Tarasenko hat trick. Floodgates opened. Uh, And then last night, Blues are coming off of a first period where it has to feel good to Blues fans that they're up one nothing, perhaps torturing to Wild fans because they outplayed the Blues. And Jordan Binnington, the Blues were able to dodge the bullet. They're outshot ten to four, and the Blues are looking okay. We gotta, you know, we we escaped, but we gotta play a good period here. Otherwise, this team's playing well that we're going up against, and it's eventually going to break through. Well, how did they respond? Second most imp- important set of twenty minutes. They responded by scoring three goals again yeah. and out shooting the Wild 22-5. to five. So you look at Game 4's third period, Game 5, or excuse me, Game 5's third period, and Game 6's second period. Uh, there it is, the defining moments. From that point forward of Game 5, when it was 2-2, the Wild scored one more goal, and that was when it was 4-0 in the third period of a Game 6 that was all but decided, and the Blues scored 8 Eight to one over the final four periods of this series. Huge. Minnesota missed their opportunity on Sunday. To the Blues' credit, they responded and they performed the way that they did. Absolutely circle this one as one of the more impressive playoff series wins I can re- remember in my lifetime as a Blues fan. And I and I, I realize this sounds like you know a, a Mike Greenberg prisoner of the moment take. It's it's an honest assessment. Uh, it, it, it's just, it was so impressive from a coaching standpoint, from a defenseman stepping up standpoint, from the way they matched up, the way that they executed the power play, the PK last night. They, they, oftentimes they were just, I, I think, emotionally just draining yeah. Minnesota because the Blues were just killing the PK with time in Minnesota zone. It was just something to behold. So Damn impressive. My favorite soundbite actually wasn't from the podium. It was from the Blues room. Here's Craig Berube talking to the boys following the game. Hey, uh, special teams are f***ing lights out tonight. That was a difference in the game. Great job, penalty kill, power play, coming through with a couple goals. Uh, we talked early on in this series about going deep, and it went deep, and you guys stayed with the game plan. Great job by you guys. O'Reilly came in, one down. That's what he said right away. That's one down. Okay, we got a lot of work to do. Enjoy tonight, day off tomorrow. Bose, you got a lot of work at home, I know, with kids and vacuuming and So take the day to rest up, and then we'll text and let you guys know what's going on. Hell of a job. I really enjoy his speeches. Yeah, rock solid. Yeah. Can we get a T-shirt that says, Kids and Vacuuming and S? <laughs> 2022 St. Louis Blues. Yeah, that's that's the new glory. <laughs> Kids and vacuuming and us. <laughs> so the boys get a well-deserved day off before yeah. the attention turns to 
the juggernaut that is the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, your questions, your comments, your thoughts for Jeremy Rutherford. He will be in studio here coming up in the next segment with our engineer, Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. Uh, fire away. Everything is welcome, of course, here on Balloon Party. Uh, for those of you curious what the numbers are in Las Vegas, do they matter? No. I mean, at one point, uh, the Blues, I think, uh, well, Minnesota was minus 280 to win the series following Game 3. Yeah. Uh, the Blues uh, and Colorado Avalanche, m- Colorado minus 390. Minus 390 to win the series. Is that what it is? Minus, three, it's minus, minus 380. 380 blues. blues are plus 290. Bingo. So, for those of you not familiar with it, I know many of you are, just to revisit. If you want to win $100 and want to bet on the Avalanche to win the series, uh, you have to bet $380 to get your 100 Yeah. Now, if you bet 100 on the Blues and they win the series, you get 290 That's how it works. A lot of value there on the Blues. Plus 290 is a good number. I got to tell you, I I was really I, – I have a great deal of respect for what Colorado has done. That is a big oh, number yeah. against a really good team that is playing really well right, right now. Right, right. I mean – and that's the other thing, you know, I mean, I'm sure many of you have seen a lot of Blues first rounds. And uh, the Blues have gotten past a lot of first rounds. It hasn't happened since 2019 with losing to the Canucks in 2020 in the bubble and the Avalanche last year in 2021. But sometimes on some of these runs, they'll play, I don't want to call them a bad team, but a team that isn't that great in the first round. And then more often than not, unfortunately, they would lose to a good team in the second round. Well, in this case... They played a really good team. That mm-hmm. was a cup contender they beat. And then they just beat three straight, too. Um, and again, in the condition the team is in, with guys having to step up and the coaching staff have to make some changes, uh, and Jordan Bennington performing how he performed, that is incredibly impressive. That isn't just like, okay, you got past, take your pick of whatever random in the first round, and now it's time to play the real team. They played a really good team with Stanley Cup hopes that I would imagine in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area this morning, fans are waking up and pissed off about what took place. And honestly, if the shoe were on the other foot, I mean, reverse the entire set of circumstances the other way. Uh, and if this were the case and the Blues were up 2-1 and Minnesota lost four of their six defensemen, and the Blues were in a position to go up 3-1 against a guy who hadn't been in goal, and you have that kind of performance in Game 4, and then you lose at home in Game 5 when it's 2-2 going into the third period, and then you just get worked over in Game 6, I'd be pissed off too. That's a team that's going to be negotiating some cap issues and maybe felt like this was the time, and they still haven't won a playoff series since uh, 2015. It is uh, it is a group of fans that I would imagine are quite pissed off, but it's quite the opposite here in St. Louis as the Blues. Three straight over the wild to advance to take on the Colorado Avalanche. We will talk about it all with Jeremy Rutherford. He is joining us in studio for a couple of segments coming up. It's all brought to you by Engineer Design Facilities, EDF, the sponsor of our Blues Playoff Report. JR in studio. Your questions and comments, thoughts, anything, insults, 65780. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Maybe we can play a mic drop today, Jackson. Maybe somebody wants to call in with a question or comment yeah well we'll take we're open to one on espn app well there's just a thought process that you're kind of running a kim jong-un operation over there with the with the censorship and not letting the messages of the people when they leave the 
the Rhino Shield mic drop. So yeah, I think a, that's a, I think it's a reach. I you think, think it's a reach? Yeah. Right, so think. today, put Jackson to the test. Leave a mic drop for uh, Jr. for me or for Jackson, for that matter. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford in studio talking about the Blues win. Brought to you by Engineer Design Facilities. That's coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report. Brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson's on the ones and twos. And it is our pleasure to welcome in for our EDF Playoff Report, the great Jeremy Rutherford. And again, the gallery is charged up to see you today. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> JR, uh, you, you were downtown at 3.30? What were you doing? About that, watching people do burnouts. Is that, that's what you do? <laughs> yeah. After the game, I just parked and watched all the Camaros go by Ballpark Village and blow smoke. <laughs> My goodness. Well, uh, tip of the cap to you for being here. My strategy is I watch the first period. I go to bed and I wake up this morning at 4:25 and I have my coffee. I'm like, I get to watch playoff <laughs> hockey in the morning. Nobody's going to bother me. This is great. You got something in common with the Wild? They went to bed after the first. Period. Look uh, at Jeremy Rutherford. He's loaded for bear. Yes, yes. We got to give him some tickets to the Bud Bash for next yeah, week. I seriously, think. Seriously, that was fun. Uh, your questions, your comments for Jeremy Rutherford: six five seven eight zero Air Comfort Service text line. Our engineer design facilities. Uh, playoff report here with JR in studio. Super kind of you to come in. Where do you want to start with this? I feel like that this is so impressive to me, what the Blues were able to do. And I, I don't know where you start with it because it's. I feel like it's up and down the organization, up and down the roster. Yeah, no, we could hit a bunch of topics, you know, next. Uh, you had your 10 reasons segment. the Blues won. I saw that uh, column up on the Athletic. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, second, third period, you're like, okay, how did they win this thing? And you put your list together and and then just start kind of flushing it out. But I think there were a number of reasons, and everybody had a handle in it, had a hand in it. I think that's the main thing that we consider and talk about for a bit is uh, whether it's Billy Huso and the shutout in the first game, or you know Jordan Bennington showing what he looked like uh, all series long, three and zero, a nine forty three save percentage yeah. for Jordan Bennington. You know David Prawn leads the team in points. Ryan O'Reilly raised his level of play. Uh, Nick Letty comes back from his concussion and, and shuts down Kaprizov. Just so many headlines, I think, in this series. And it truly was. You talk about it all the time, cliche. It truly was a team victory. Uh, this is a, a victory that, from my standpoint, I wouldn't. you could have given me some asinine odds. And if I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me, I wouldn't have taken it. Like, I would say it's a $100 bet, and I'm getting, I don't know, 100 to 1 yeah. on the Blues winning in six after game three. I mean, what are they? I think more people were thinking, man, the Wild might win this thing in five. Yeah. Uh, instead, the Blues win it in six. Uh, I guess you can start with what the Blues did on Sunday as setting the tone for what wound up happening in Minnesota on, on Tuesday and then here in St. Louis on Thursday. Chris Kerber was talking about that yesterday, saying Minnesota may have really been down on themselves for missing out on that opportunity. But it also set the stage strategically for what the Blues were going to do the remainder of the series with the 11-7 and also with Bennington. So if you circle a moment uh, or a series of moments, perhaps from the series, what stands out? Yeah, to you? I think those two things. Um, you know, you go to that game Sunday. How do you win that game with the defense you put out there? That, that's just insane. And you know, I realize you know Falk and Preco, as uh, Bennington said later, you guys are machines. Uh, but 
You know, the Blues played 10 defensemen in this series. 10 defensemen. 10 defensemen. Yeah, and, and I realize they played uh, seven uh, the last three games. They went with that 11-7 format. But they uh, they played 10 defensemen in that particular game, Tim. They just somehow got through it. And how the Wild didn't take advantage of it mm-hmm. is beyond me. You know, we touched on, and we don't need to bring it up again, uh, Bennington's puck play. So that kind of helps the D because they don't have to do as much work in their own zone. But the Wild really missed an opportunity there. You know, it's still the next game in Minnesota is still 2-2, right, going into the, the third, third period. period. So, you know, it's not like the Blues had some super advantage after winning that game Sunday in St. Louis. But I think once you got to the third period, the biggest takeaway I'll take from this first-round series, and I think it is a great thing for the Blues moving forward, Tim, is their veterans just know that it's going to take some time to prevail, and they just continue to do the right things to make sure that that's the outcome. Yeah, I saw Jamie Rivers and uh, Bernie Federico talking about the the fact that they have been there and have had success, and that proved to be a difference in the series. Minnesota hasn't won a series since 2015. The Blues, of course, won four series in 2019, and we actually may have seen that pay off over the course of this series. Yeah, when you're watching the game, you can't sit there and look at the TV and say, okay, that happened because in 2019, the Blues were in a bad situation. But you can kind of conceptualize it, I think, and say, okay, the Wild, when things go wrong, they don't know how to respond. They don't have guys who've been there before. But, you know, whether it's the hand pass or whether it's this or that from 2019, you know, going up to Winnipeg and being down in the third period and Jaden Schwartz scores at the buzzer, you know, stuff like that, the Blues know that it can be done. And uh, even though a lot of guys from that team are gone now, there's still enough in there, the Braden Shens, the David Prons, the O'Reillys, that they know that just, hey, just keep working. One of the things that uh, when, when people talk about choking, and I don't know if anybody has seen the ESPN 30 for 30 on Greg Norman that came out a couple weeks ago, in Peter Costas' interview, he said, a sign of a choke, it starts with a decision. Under pressure, you make the wrong decision, and then it becomes poor execution. So let's apply it to last night's game with Cam Talbot. I don't think people were necessarily surprised to see him make an appearance in the series. Some people thought he might have been the starter in Game 1. But for him to make his first appearance in a few weeks in Game 6 with everything on the line, there were some questions about that. Uh, And Kelly Talbot, his wife, uh, posted a picture following the game. Ryder dies. So proud of you. Home is wherever you are. Excited for time with you and wherever the next adventure takes us. Sounds like... That might have not only been yeah. the Wild's final game in St. Louis for the 2022 season, but Cam's final game with the Wild forever. So what do you think, minus 135 that Talbot will be in Minnesota? I will, take that. I will take that. <laughs> I will take that he is gone. Yeah, no, so I just think it was the absolute wrong decision the way they you know, laid out their goaltending. I mean, okay, so you traded for Fleury, you're going to put him in game one. I get it. But I think what Craig Berube did was he looked at the series and he said, okay, Billy Huso deserved to start. He's probably not the reason we're losing, but we need a change of momentum in this. Jordan Bennington has the playoff experience. Let's throw him in there and see what happens. And he played great. And now it looks like he's found his game again. I think that the wild took one too many games to make that. You can't, that's a game five play. Yeah. Game game five. You can't put Talbot in that situation in a, in a, clinching game uh your questions your comments your thoughts are welcome i want to get as many in you're good for uh two oh, yeah. segments yep. god bless america i'm yeah, good till monday or whenever <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you any any word on any indication on when the series will start no and you know what um i'm gonna throw out monday just because i heard a lot of that last night but uh you know just to tell people that behind the scenes this stuff 
and you know, I could tweet about it six times a day if I wanted. Okay, it's Monday. Okay, it's Sunday. Okay, it changes mm-hmm. nonstop throughout the day. Uh, so you know, you're hearing that it's Monday, but I think it's going to be predicated on some of these uh, game sevens. No matter what, I think it's fair to say you'll see a weekend playoff game in St. Louis. Yeah. I suppose if the game if the series were to start Sunday, then theoretically, uh, you could see a Thursday, Saturday. But well, I would imagine game three will be Friday or Saturday yeah. in St. Louis. And stick around a few hours, and there'll be burnouts. And, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you can watch nice. uh, Jeremy watch the guys in the Camaros burning out in Very downtown metal. St. Louis. And either way, you can't go wrong with that. So let me get to some questions here. I want to make sure because I want to get as many in, and I want the people to know that if they send a question, we're going to do our best, to, and we're getting a million of them. Uh, my major question for JR is that 12-6-11-7 dilemma going into the next round. It's usually seen as a break glass if needed strategy. But as JR wrote today, it really works for the Blues. What do you think they will do? In the next round. Yeah, I suppose some of this is predicated on Krug, operating on the premise that not likely to see him. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to operate on the premise that we're not going to see him. And if you do see him, then you know that's going to be uh, good for the Blues, obviously. Um, you know, Especially against the Avalanche, with you know what they bring up front, the forwards, the speed, the power. You know, I could see the Blues sticking with the 11-7, and seven, and it has been successful. I think the record, I had it in the story today, what, 11-4-2 this season when the Blues go 11-4. So it's not conventional. There are a few teams doing it in the playoffs this year. It's pretty interesting. It's not just the Blues. There are a few teams. But what I saw is the ice time that it gave some of those forwards, you know, Robert Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko getting extra shifts, yeah. and that the Blues are able to just pop Perinovich in the power play. He played four minutes a game on the power play these last three games, Scott Perinovich did, and they don't miss a beat because they got seven guys back there. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, what chances would you give Kruger Scandella to make it back, JR? Yeah, tough. Uh, with with Scandella, you know, he tried to come back and it just didn't work. So I can't see them inserting him in. You know, even if he's somewhat healthy. And Krug, I just have to be honest. Like I, you know, I, he could start skating next week or he could be out the next two weeks i believe it to be a knee injury and the blues are keeping it close to the vest jr binner from here on out 618 yeah you have to let him ride here i mean i I, what I saw last night and in this series from him, the three games, a 941 save percentage, yeah, 943 save, save percentage, he was just outstanding. And, Tim, let me throw this out there. He won five games down the stretch, right? And I don't want to say that it was smoke and mirrors or anything like that, but I, I think I watched a better goaltender in these three games. His composure, his confidence, his mojo was a lot better than what we even saw in those five games. So I think this is different than what we saw when we were getting excited towards the end of the season, and I think you just ride this out until uh, he shows you different. Uh, guys, after the Letty goal, my brain instantly drew parallels between Talbot and Donovan Osborne in the 1996 <laughs> NLCS. And by the way, Tim and Boy are adorable together. Thank you. That's from the 618. Yep, a lot of listeners starting to flirt with us. And, <laughs> and that's something that, that we really encourage. Uh, that's why you, I came in. So yeah. yeah. Friday well, you, flirt you, you, session. Yeah, it really turns into something here on it's Friday. It's weird that you guys hold hands. No, <laughs> but we feel like it's brought us together. Yeah. And yeah. then I can also grab it tight when he starts bringing up the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Theater of the mind. So uh, what did you think on the first goal? Because that really did uh, get things going. Yeah, and Cam Tau said after the game last night that that's one you have to stop it's from distance uh there was a screen on the play but you guys probably saw that the picture right i know you watched the the replay but if you freeze that picture there are literally five minnesota wild players just circled around and nobody's (laughs) sticking a stick out nobody's breathing on them nobody's anything i just thought that was so peculiar that you're in a elimination game and there wasn't any effort on that play whatsoever 
It was so, I mean, what an amazing, it came out of nowhere. I, I think I looked down, and then I heard John Kelly screaming. I'm like, what in the world just happened? Uh, let's see what we got. JR, which had the biggest impact? Bennington going behind the net and killing the Minnesota four-check, or Barubi rolling 11 forward, seven defensemen, and double-shifting Tarasenko from the 3-1-4? I think Bennington and his puck play, because, you know, you can go 11-7 and seven and still lose that series. Um, I think that the Huso played great in game one. I think he, st- he did okay in games two and three, but I think that what you noticed in uh, games four, five, and six, Tim, was the puck play and the elimination of the four check. You know, I watched a video a couple days ago for that story I did for the Athletic, mm-hmm. and it was just you know every third possession Minnesota had when they dumped the puck, Bennington was picking it up and kicking it out, and uh, and I think that made a huge difference. If I'm not mistaken, the grief line didn't have a point the last three games. Wow. Yeah, the fourth line for the Minnesota Wild did not have a point the entire game. The Wild scored 16 goals, and Kaprizov had seven of them. Seven of the 16 goals. So everybody <laughs> else was shut down. Well, what about Ryan O'Reilly? I, I recognize you have the uh, the outside circumstance, of course, with having a child, uh, what, after game four, correct? So. Flying a commercial up with the—I didn't realize it was with the, with the reporting crew. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that it was on the same flight until watching the postgame last night. Uh, and the performance he had, not just in scoring five goals, but also in what they were able to do when they were out there matched up. Uh, with Minnesota's best. Yeah, real quick, uh, I was on that flight, and I was about four rows behind him. Ryan O'Reilly was in the emergency aisle, and it was so funny. He's got these probably $600 boys' headphones on, uh-huh. and uh, here comes the flight attendant, and she says, excuse me, and he takes them off. In the event of an emergency, are you able to help out? And I'm like, well, he was pretty good in emergency in 2019, <laughs> right? So he uh, he goes, yeah, we'll help out. So the captain on a, on a uh, commercial flight. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he was terrific. I mean, you know, whenever he doesn't score and doesn't produce offensively, everybody wants to say, oh, you need more from Ryan O'Reilly. But anybody watches the games know that he does the nine out of the ten other things in mm-hmm. that game to help you win. But his offense really, really helped yeah. in this series. And, you know, four power play goals, five goals in the series. He was phenomenal. Uh, one final one here before we take our uh, break. Uh, what's up with Perron and Shen? They looked a little banged up. Perron certainly did, noticeable. Uh, I guess that was in the first period, or maybe it was in the second period. Uh, any word on their situations? Yeah, well, Perron's been banged up, you know, down the stretch in the regular season. Remember, he sat out that last game in Colorado, and, you know, I, I think uh, that he's been feeling something for a while now. And then Shen, don't forget, I mean, he missed the, what, the final four or five yeah. games of the regular season. So, you know, that's the one thing you don't know the exact health of these guys. Are they operating at 70, 85%? Who knows? But yeah, we know for sure that both of those guys have been dealing with something, which makes their performance in the playoffs all, all that more impressive. impressive. Nine points for David Perron, and Braden Shen hit everything that flew past him. More questions, more comments. Let's talk a little about the Avalanche, too, and look ahead to that whenever it may start. 65780 or Engineer Design Facilities. Playoff report with Jeremy Rutherford in studio. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson. Jeremy Rutherford with you. You are listening to 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Is there a mention of the Blues in that sports center update? This is the first thing I said. I I, I thought that was possible. I thought that was possible. I'm not that much of a a villain. Because I was like, did you just go Cardinals and NBA and not mention the Blues? I mean, is this guy going, is he going all out? No, 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 no. I'm I'm a heel, but I'm not that, you know, that would be like 
telegraphing it. Yeah, he would be he would be full out there. Yeah, some subtlety. Uh, welcome back to 101 ESPN. The program is called Moron Sports. Jeremy Rutherford is upping the ante though on the intelligence in the studio today. Hardly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> even though he was on Washington Avenue and Broadway watching people <laughs> driving their Camaros uh, at 3:30 this morning, so it is seven hours ago. This Clarkson Jewelers time check for when Jeremy is downtown watching burnouts. Uh, and uh, you are welcome to text in six five seven eight zero as he is in studio to talk it over with us. Let's take a, let's take a look at the Colorado series. We've talked a lot about what happened against Minnesota, the Blues situation. Let's talk about the Avalanche. Uh, let's talk about what their spot could be. And uh, if this doesn't start till Monday, they will have sat around for a week before playing another game. Yeah, they swept Nashville in their first round series. Really, only had the one scare. You know, I think it was game two. Uh, they uh, had an overtime mm-hmm. situation, uh, but they sweep the uh, Nashville Predators, and yeah, so last Monday was their last game. So if if this series does not start, they'll have, you know, a week off. Probably pretty good for them, especially they get a situation with their goalie Kemper with his eye. But yeah, so what's going on with that? I think he's okay. Like that's I talked to Peter Bow, covers the Abs for the Athletic last night, and he said he should be fine. So I don't think that's anything at this point to to think that could be an advantage for the Blues. But I guess we'll see how that plays out. But. Um, you know, the thing with the rest is I think Colorado will be fine. I mean, you drop the puck, they're going to be fine. But, um, you know, if there is a little bit and you can jump on them in game one, you never know. You can maybe get some thoughts that, hey, this is going to be a closer series than all the national people are going to give the Blues credit for. So uh, a week off is a lot of time. With, with with regards to Colorado, I'll ask the most open-ended question possible. I mean, they're plus 200 to win the Cup. It's not, and I realize the Panthers haven't won their series, and the Hurricanes are going to have to win in Game 7 uh, tomorrow at home against the Bruins after Boston put it on them last night. But Colorado is the prohibitive cup favorite at the moment. Plus 200. I mean, you get 2-1 to one on your money if they win three series. That is, that is super low and really no value on it. So around North America, people certainly respect the Avalanche. From your perspective, what is it that makes them so good? And then specific to this series, what is it about them that's going to be a challenge for the Blues? And where, perhaps, do the Blues have some advantages? Yeah, just uh, they're so dynamic. I mean, that's the key word, is up front. I mean, there's so much skill. You talk about Nathan McKinnon, and he's an absolute horse. I mean, but now you eat Rantanen and, you know, Landis Gog's back from the knee injury. You know, I'm looking at these lines. You know, here in St. Louis, you think about Kadri, you think about a guy who, yeah, he's okay, but he'll probably be suspended by game two. This guy put up 80-plus <laughs> points. Yeah, 80-plus points for Kadri. Yeah, so a ton of skill there. So I think they do have some depth up front. You know, you're looking at a third line of Burakowski, Comfer. Uh, so they do have some depth. Probably not as much, though, as the Blues up front. But you look at that Avs defense, and I think they've been good on defense in previous years, but probably not as good as they are this year. Uh, you look at uh, Cal McCarr, and I think he's going to win the Norris. I voted for him over Roman Yossi even to win the Norris. I mean, he's a highlight reel every night. Uh, but also Devin Taves. Uh, he's got some great defensive analytics numbers, just a terrific partner there for McCarr. And then Kemper, I think, is a good goaltender. So, you know, I think they should be favored. I think they'll be heavily favored. Uh, they can just do it all. Yeah, as uh, we were talking about at the beginning of the show, they are minus 380 to win the series. I mean, that is a huge number I, it, it doesn't matter i mean i realize the only series that are decided we know the matchup with the blues and avalanche the, the rest are still out there to be decided we have three game sevens tomorrow and then we have three game sixes tonight um 
and I, I with certainty will tell you that nothing. I don't even know if anybody will be minus 300, much less the Avalanche are nearly minus 400 against the Blues. So if you do like the Blues, they're plus 290 if you want to wager on that. Uh, guys, uh, Makar is the best hockey player in the world, and that's just a factual statement. That's from the 314. He might be, and Nathan McKinnon, Tim, said that a couple days ago. He said this guy is the absolute best player in the league. I mean, he can play defense, but obviously you turn on the TV and you're going to see him in the offensive end. Just skates so well, cuts, you know, goes to the net. You think he's doing one thing, he's doing another. I mean, Roman Yossi had an historic season for the uh, Nashville Predators this year, what, 90-something points, and I think McCarr's going to win the Norris. That's how good he is. Mm -hmm. You take a look at uh, the fact that they played each other last year. We were talking about that a little bit, uh, JR, on the commercial break. I barely remember it. Nupron was out with COVID. Falk got laid out by Kadri, and none of the games really are all that memorable. They were pretty much blowouts relative to NHL scores go, and unlike the Blues and Wild where they were tight, and then the score was maybe a little deceptive, these ones just indicated a one-sided series. Is there anything that the Blues can take from their regular season matchups or even last year's playoff series that they can utilize here? Or is this a 100% clean slate, especially considering that the team has been operating with a different strategy here over the last three games? I think it's a clean slate. You know, last year's playoff, it was a dud. You know, you can't take anything with that. Even if you had your leading point guy, David Perron, in that series, I don't think you make hay. Yeah, I don't even know if you win a game. Um, and then you lose Justin Falk, too. Uh, from this year's regular season, I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, they lost that, what, last game at the end of the regular season there against the Avs um, when the Avs were getting their game going again. Tim, I think the situation lays out like this. There's going to be a ton of pressure on the Avalanche, right? You just yes. mentioned the odds. The, the pressure is all on them. The, the Blues are going to be complete underdogs in this series, and they're playing well. So anytime you have an underdog that's playing well, coming off a really good series, and playing well in all facets of their game. I mean, you know, five on five was pretty good at times. The special teams are just off the charts for the Blues, and you got a goalie who's feeling it right now. So, you know, I'm not predicting a Blues upset here. I just feel like if you're a Blues fan and if you're going up against Goliath, you know, it sets up pretty well. With regards to this series in McKinnon, uh, JR, do you think the Blues handling a superstar like Kaprizov in the last round gives them some fuel to deal with a guy like McKinnon in the next? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Kaprizov, I mentioned, had seven of the 16 goals for the uh, Wild. So the Blues didn't necessarily shut him down. I know a couple of them were power play goals, but I'll tell you this. When Nick Letty's on the ice with Colton Preco in that top pair, phenomenal job. I think Luke Korek from NHL.com threw the stat at me last night uh, on press row. He said that uh, Letty played about 24 minutes, 5-on-5, five five against uh, uh, Kaprizov, and he didn't have anything. So having Nick Letty back in the lineup, uh, after that concussion, you know, is just huge for the Blues. So are they going to be able to shut down McKinnon? Obviously, he he can do just as much as Kaprizov, if not more. The key, Tim, is going to be what do they do against the rest of the guys? Mm -hmm. I mean, so if you can shut down the rest of the Wild and Kaprizov gets his, then, hey, you won, the, fine. You won the series. But it's going to be, I think, more difficult to shut down the rest of the Avalanche than it was to shut down the rest of the Wild. I feel like this is the first time that we are really going to have a, uh, a sense of, of fans in the St. Louis area going, okay, we've got Stanley Cup playoffs going. I think you got it last night, don't get me wrong, but for a series, this is it for the first time since you saw the Bruins in town. There is the People wake up this morning, okay, now this is real, and it's Stan Kroenke's Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> this S is personal. Let's go take out Goliath so he doesn't win two world championships in one year. I yeah. think people around town are fired up for this thing. That's man. a great point. because I didn't think about it that way because this Minnesota series did feel 
real because a lot of the national guys were picking uh, Minnesota, and I think Blues fans said, hey, listen, we think we can beat them. They just beat them. Uh, but now it is real. I mean, it's the Colorado Avalanche. This is the best team. This is the team that everybody's picking. So I think you wake up in St. Louis this morning, and you're feeling, this is no, okay, we haven't felt this in three years. Yeah. It's a lot different. So, you know, bubble hockey, that was awful. Right? <laughs> right. right. And so I think a couple of the players were asked about that. You might have some sound bites from uh, last night. I mean, this with the 19,000 in the seats just felt a lot different the last few days. Uh, one more here. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, guys, I noticed on face-offs uh, with Roar that he doesn't necessarily try to get the puck but blocks the opposition stick whilst a secondary player comes in with his stick to direct the puck. Am I correct with my analysis? That's from the 618. Yeah, so many tricks. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. I think he's 54% right now in the playoffs, and you know, I don't claim to know exactly what he's trying to do on, on each of the face-offs if he's got a different strategy, but uh, you know, have seen that before. But um, I think the key, not to go off on a tangent, is that you know Robert Thomas has just become a great guy in the faceoff circle as well, taking, yeah. taking a lot of draws, and that takes a little bit of the pressure off of Ryan O'Reilly. So Blues, you know, pretty good faceoff team. And Tim, that's one aspect too of uh, the the Blues and Jordan Bennington and his puck handling. Sometimes they'll freeze the puck. I looked at some numbers uh, where in the series where Huso and Bennington were freezing the puck in the D zone. Yeah, you got a face-off in the D zone as a result, but the Blues had great numbers on those face-offs. Yeah, that's true. That was uh, another key part of this whole thing. Uh, so many questions. We got to as many as possible. Jeremy, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming in, especially since you were drag racing just seven hours ago downtown. Uh, what, a, what a gesture on your part. Looking forward to at least another four games and hopefully many more here over the next month and a half with you as a part of the uh, team here on 101 ESPN. We always appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you so thanks much. thanks for letting me slip in. Appreciate there he is, Jeremy Rutherford with us here. The Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. Two segments with JR. If you miss anything, you can podcast Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Just download the 101 ESPN app, and it's all there for you. It's also there on the morning after STL app, Balloon Party. All the podcasts are there along with TMA. Your thoughts, your questions, 65780. We'll get into some Cardinal baseball discussion on the other side of the break. Guess who hit another home run last night? It was in Memphis. You could probably figure it out now. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. JR, do you feel, do you free time from 10, 11 every day? Oh, do you have, I'll just insert here. Yeah. From 10 to 11 every day, we are looking for some good sports advice from people not straight off the set of Gilligan's Island. I don't know what it means. I don't understand the reference. Well, it's, it's I know from Gil- today's headlines, I know Gilligan's but Island. it's wonderful. Yeah. You have the wonderful Don Wells. The coconut phone? I, I remember there was a coconut radio. Maybe that's the reference to the Skiffler. You're the Skiffler? Oh, Old man. Pels and the Skiffler? Wow. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford in studio. If you missed any of it, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. We've talked blues, as you can imagine, here for uh, about 50 minutes on the show. BK and Ferrario have a guest at the very top of the hour, so i got to get out of here quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah. All right? That's what I'm going to do. But yep. I want to point this out. Nolan Gorman had another home run last night. He's got 13. The man Jeez. has 13 home runs. Now, the Cardinal it. offense is not good. They just <laughs> lost two of three to the Orioles. And listen... Maybe the best thing that could happen for the Cardinals is the Blues won, and so they'll be kind of in the in the background, especially since they have to play FBS teams here over the next two series. Yeah, yeah. They'll be playing the Giants, Giants and the Mets. Mets. Yeah. 
So they will be tested. Paul DeYoung last night 0 for 3 with a strikeout and a walk. Uh, but, yeah, Nolan Gorman hit another home run last night. He has 13 home runs mm. at Memphis. Cardinals get the Giants this weekend. Then they travel to Queens. New York yeah. and take on the Mets. So they will be put to the test here, and uh, that will set the stage for next week, which should be an outstanding one in the St. Louis area with the Blues and the Avalanche and the Cardinals taking on the Mets, and then they head back home. Can't wait. Can't wait. Man, I love when the Blues win a playoff series because then you can, I don't know, I feel more free to start dreaming. It's like when the Cardinals win an LDS. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, okay, now, a, it's, now, yeah, it's, now yeah. it's getting real. Eight baseball games and you got yourself a yeah, title. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, now now there's only eight teams left, and this one is Stan Kroenke and the Colorado Avalanche. And, yes, I recognize it's the Colorado Avalanche, but the Blues are playing so damn well, and right. they really, you know, as I was texting with a friend of mine, you're – that Minnesota team had expectations of being a cup contender. That yeah. wasn't just a team like, oh, good, we made it in the playoffs. There were expectations in that fan base. If you are waking up in Minnesota this morning and you have the cap situation you have and you have just lost three straight to the Blues in the fashion you lost them, I would imagine you will see some wholesale changes. So Kelly Talbot, Cam's wife, I don't think is the mm-hmm. uh, the final shot that will be fired on the 2022 Minnesota Wild. Yes, Monster tip of cap to the Blues. Uh, and it's, this really isn't my modus operandi here to just, uh, you know, bend the knee to the, lo- to the local teams. If I feel it, I feel it, and I say it, and I say it. But uh, in this case, this, this just was across the board so impressive, so impressive, and uh, gives great hope for what could come in what certainly would be an upset. Hey, you know, they're minus 380 in Las Vegas. But uh, at least we are going to see the Blues in the second round against the Colorado Avalanche starting sometime here in the next few days. All right, we'll get out of here early. BK and Ferrario, a guest right at the top of the hour for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. Have a wonderful weekend. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.